Uh, I am starting to do it every month. Uh, I'm not clear if it's going to be at this location or if I'm going to do two locations. Um, because I live right around the corner now, but again, we're moving uh, down to Littleton Centennial, Centennial area. And there's a National Grocery there also. So I'm not sure. Will this turn out? Maybe. I've got to go check it out. It doesn't? Okay, so it probably will be in this location. Also, I like the one on Broadway. I go to that. I shop at that National Grocery also. Right on Broadway in um, you know, like Alameda. Awesome. Design district, yeah. That, yeah. that used to be my own assistant. She runs that store now. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're good friends. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um, let's get started. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. That's awesome that you guys came in this heat. So Jerry is a professional chef trained at the Nicole Culinary in St. Louis, Missouri. Is that right? Jeffrey has worked as a chef in Maui, Hawaii, St. Thomas, San Diego, California, and now resides in Denver. From years of eating at recommended low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet, Jeffrey developed type 2 diabetes, chronic inflammation, poor gut health, and dysfunctional digestion. After receiving little to no help from mainstream medicine, Jeffrey started to educate himself in nutrition and healing. This led him to the Nutritional Therapy Association through the Principal Foundation taught at NTA and Jeffrey's own Jeffrey wants to help others heal and also reduce reverse their type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance. Welcome, Jeffrey. Thank you. Right on. Uh, welcome. I have a, a business and uh, a podcast called Mountain Man Nutrition. Um, that's my nutritional therapy business here. And uh, I was so excited to start sharing this stuff that uh, I just went ahead and started a podcast as a school project, and now it's just ongoing. Um, as information for um, optimal health, type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, um, and then also having guests as well as uh, talking about nutrition and cooking myself. Um, and this is just an extension of that. Um, you know, uh, talk to people. <coughs> Come on in. We're just now getting started. Hi, guys. Um, so, um, and then I wanted to do these cooking classes. Um, because it's just the foundation, you know, of every, everything accumulative with type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, and gut health, and a whole nutrition. Um, and, it, and it's super important because what you're putting in your body um, does everything. And one of my uh, favorite topics to talk about, guys, is, is really, uh, I'm obviously insulin resistance, I have type 2 diabetes, and I'm kind of a bigger guy, not? But I used to weigh 360 pounds. You know, I got pictures you guys uh, uh, can look at. It. You know, I was I was a big cat. You know, super unhealthy, and it led to me having uh, really bad digestion, poor gut health, inflammation everywhere, uh, bad ankles, bad knees, um, and that led to me to just really uh, researching because the doctors really they want to put you on insulin, right? And if you already have high insulin, and your body and your cells uh, won't take the insulin because it's already too high anyway. Uh, and then they shove more insulin into your body via uh, the medical doctor, you're never, ever, ever going to get healthy and or lose weight. Uh, my wife is waiting at me back there. She's got the kids. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> i got to sit on the couch up here. Um, two-year-old, trying to wrangle a two-year-old, right, in an environment like this is, is impossible. 
got to give them a phone, which we don't have to do. You have this, but I have a university. So, um, so again, uh, we, it takes a long, long time to develop insulin resistance, you know, or type 2 diabetes. Um, years, 10, 20, 30, 40 years for this to slowly, slowly develop, right? And so it's not a quick fix to fix your insulin resistance. It's not a quick fix to uh, change this metabolic issues in our bodies. So it's a slow, gradual process um, that, that we need to take, you know, that we need to go. And I've seen some people like do it in three months, right? And they lose all kinds of weight, they're super healthy. Um, very few parts of it. You know, most people, a year, two years, you know, to really get optimally healthy. And it's, so it's not a diet uh, that we want to look at. Uh, it's more of a lifestyle, yeah? We want to look at um, lifestyle changes, uh, and that includes nutrition, especially. You know, did you do these? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, everybody set. So uh, that's just a little bit about myself. I am a professional chef working here in Denver. Um, I did travel every year and a half somewhere else. You know, I went to Alabama. I went to Oklahoma, I went to Chicago, uh, Maui, Hawaii, U.S. Virgin Islands, because I wanted to learn more and more uh, about cooking, uh, about being a chef, work under different cuisines, uh, different foods, things like that. Um, but also with that kind of uh, lifestyle, traveling, drinking, partying, uh, eating whatever was in the restaurants, um, you know, it just really deteriorated my body. And then um, I just, I couldn't, I could barely walk. I had so much inflammation in my ankle. And I had a broken ankle a while back. And they went in, they turned my ankle bone and repaired it. And then I got this goiter cyst in my ankle. And it kept swelling up, kept swelling up. And I, it was really hard to walk. And the doctors, you know, were, they wanted to stick a needle in there and drain it or like weld my ankle shut. But nobody ever like offered any information about why is it swelling up, why, why is this system in there, why is it leaching all this liquid. So I just did the research myself. I started writing reading books, listening to podcasts, just in, you know getting more and more information. And it was the carbohydrates, uh, especially the grains in my body, that caused all this. And I stopped eating grains, uh, and like ten days later, I could walk fine, no more pain, and I lost like fourteen pounds. You know, it was like instant like that. Uh, and then uh, I, you know, really was intrigued, well, what else can I do um, through nutrition to fix my body? And then that just took me right down the rabbit hole. Yeah? And, yes, ma'am? So was it just grains or just did you do your whole grains? I related grains entirely because I'm, uh, it was a good starting point. I wasn't really, uh, I didn't know enough about the uh, glycemic issues with grains and whole grains even as a type 2 diabetic at that point. So I wanted to just eliminate everything out of my body um, to fight that inflammation. And then later I found out that yes, whole grains, um, although can be good for you, for me and my body type and my insulin resistance was not. So then what do you think? 15, 30? I, um, yeah, high fat, 
uh, moderate protein because we don't want to burn protein for sugar, um, and then low carbs. Although I do uh, walk people into that process because if you just switch your diet like that, you're really going to be it's going to be confusing. Your body's going to freak out, and it's going to be difficult. Yeah, so you can't switch. Um, you know, tomorrow. Um, if your body can handle whole grains, then great, but I highly, highly recommend that you soak Yeah, or you ferment them and make them more digestible. Um, because just eating whole grains is, is not that great for your digestion. It's not great for your belly. And all the ancient people out there, always, if you look at old way of eating when people were super healthy, they, they always uh, fermented or soaked or did something else to their grains to make it more digestible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get started quickly uh, in putting this uh, bacon wrap meatloaf, the recipes in your packet at the very end. Um, there is also some other other recipes in there uh, that we did last month. I'm just going to keep that in. That way everybody has all the recipes and you can get some extra value out of this class, not just the recipe. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so again, it really depends on who you are and what you're eating, right? And it's like, if you're insulin resistant and you don't want to put sugar in your body on any form, and fruits are highly sugar, right? So uh, I'm going to say at first, for sure, you definitely don't want to have fruit. Vegetables, I highly recommend vegetables. You know, your leafy greens, your non-glycemic vegetables, uh, you know, you don't want to eat a, a potato every night. That's defeating the purpose, right? But sure, leafy green, broccoli, asparagus, cauliflower, these things I highly recommend you do on a daily basis. Well, I think that's the pregnancy that's pre-diabetic. Uh-huh. And they say it's maybe not quite diabetic. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm intrigued. Right, that's mainstream medicine telling you what, what they want to tell you. Yeah, but the science-based evidence is absolutely that it can be reversed. Yeah, it can, absolutely. Because I'm, I'm standing here with... Uh, low, low five blood sugar, point, you know, five one, five three, something like that. Um, where I used to be eight point three, down to seven nine, down to seven six, or you know six one, all the way down. That's you know, now that doesn't mean I can go back and eat three bananas for lunch and sweet potatoes, you know, because I'm just going to reverse it again, right? So I want to continue down my path. Um, but if I have a banana now before I exercise, it's not going to kill me. Um, but I don't want to do it yet because I'm not optimally healthy for anyone. Right? Is it time to put you on next to Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, a, it's poison, right? I think um, maybe some doctors uh, that actually work in this can um, benefit, benefit you for a short time, but I wanted to do it without medication. Um, I want to do it with natural supplements. I do take some natural supplements that helps my blood sugar. Um, and then, but I also add a lot of natural supplements to my diet. Um, as well, you know. So, anyway, back to this, uh, um, the bacon wrapped meatloaf, right? So, high fat, uh, moderate protein, uh, very, very, very low carbs. Um, so, what I had, because uh, I want to I want to get it in the oven so we can cook it, and then we'll have a little more talk, a little more question and answers, and then uh, by that time, the meatloaf hopefully will be done, and then we can slice it up and munch, right? So, uh, let me grab a couple things out of the Fridge. So one thing I want to tell you is everything that we use here is available here at the store. 
part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I went shopping this morning and we got everything we needed. We're going to cook it super high, so anything that's on the um, So, okay, so I did the uh, grass-fed ground beef. I got all-natural pork. I threw a little extra onion powder in here for fun. And then I sauteed uh, the red onion, uh, the celery, and um, I threw the parsley in and garlic in at the last minute, okay? Uh, so we just sauteed that up in tell me directions. It's really simple. We just rough chop it. And then you want to add that to your beef and pork mixture. So I have beef and pork in here because I really love the pork fat um, to make it super moist, right? And plus, you know, pork's delicious, right? Um, and we want to have, uh, I like to add a couple different types of meat in this one um, because there's different, these, both these animals are eating different grain, different grasses and different food. They're uh, grass-fed, right? And so we want these nutrients um, from the fat of the animal in our body. And this is something to always think about. If we're buying conventional meat, guys, um, we're, we're, they're eating corn and alfalfa and grains and these natural fat-soluble vitamins that are essential, we have to have them in our body, are not available in conventional meat or the fat from the meat. Right? They're just not there because the, the animal is not eating what it's supposed to be eating. Right? So that's why we try to do the grass-fed and all-natural um, so we get the fat-soluble vitamins because the cow eats the grass and then we eat the cow. And the, all the vitamins from the grass, which we can't get, are in the cow fat and then we eat that and that's super beneficial. Right? And I use, like to use a lot of parsley and cilantro in my cooking and this is a great tip because it is uh, really great for heavy metal detox. Okay, and in, in this society, um, we're getting a lot of heavy metals we don't want, right? So it's a nice little trick to do heavy metal in there. So, uh, all right, so we got our oregano, throw it in there. Uh, when, I, when I have this recipe in here, guys, I'm not a real detailed recipe guy, right? So please feel free to change anything you like. Add it to your, the way you like to cook, or the ingredients that you want. If you want yours like spicy, spicy, throw some extra cayenne in there, or extra garlic. If you don't want it so spicy, uh, throw that. Instead of using pork sausage, if you could find some grass-fed or all-natural chorizo, that's awesome. I love chorizo. I like to use chorizo in this recipe also. Very, very good stuff. So you'll see, obviously, a lot of uh, meatloafs will have breadcrumbs. We don't do that, right? Because we don't want the, the carbohydrates. We don't want the bread, the gluten, none of that stuff in our meat bowl. So, um, it's a good concept, I think, but if you look at the ingredients of gluten-free everything, it's just, it's more processed carbs. It's, it's more sugar, it's more processed carbs, it's, you know, just a ton of different carbohydrates. Um, and it's not necessarily good for you, yeah? I mean, it, I don't. I stay away from them. My my wife will eat a little bit of bread every now and again, gluten free. But uh, in our house, it's, we just don't have it. It's, we just 24, 48. I had my daughter read uh, 
um, one of the packages out there of gluten-free baguette. You know, there's sugar in it, there's, there's cornstarch, there's all these carbs in there, 29 grams of carbs, I think. You know, and, and that's not for the whole package, that's just per serving. You know, and you got to take that into account. So I threw my eggs in here for a binder. Um, I love the deal. Is everybody signed up for that egg, the egg deal yes. here? If you, you know, text the, text the store and they send you these deals. And this is the best place ever. I always get my eggs here. They're so cheap. Um, and they're all free range. It's a great deal. All right, I like to get messy here. So a lot of people like to do the ketchup. You've seen those recipes, right, with the ketchup in your um, meatloaf. I'm, I'm anti-ketchup. Even the organic or the low-sugar ketchup. I, I make my own ketchup at home, uh, fermented. Uh, but on this recipe, I just want to use tomato paste because I want it rich, and I want it that deep flavor, uh, and I want it no sugar, exactly, and just like really, really rich flavors. Um, so, um, and we can also add a little water if you want to. Um, loosen it up a little bit, but right here I'm not going to do that. This is one can. Um, and then the last binder is the Parmesan cheese. So uh, dairy is another subject that you're going to want to look at. Um, can your body handle dairy or can it not? Um, are you going to use dairy or are you going to use raw dairy? Um, questions like that. I took my kids off of milk. Um, really early because they, uh, my two-year-old just, as soon as he drinks it, man, he just gets a histamine reaction and just starts draining uh, fluid out of his nose. So, and my daughter gets upset stomach. She drinks too much. And so we thought it best to not do dairy. I'll buy raw dairy. Um, and then every now and again, I'll let them have some cheese. Um, but most of the time I do buy raw cheese because raw cheese is very, very available uh, in most stores. And then if you want to check out, um, you can always go to the farm, the raw dairy farm, you know, to find out um, where you can get your milk and things like that. But if you don't really want to mess with that, just go to your local high-end pet store, and you can find raw dairy right, right, right. You know, they got advertised for pets, but they got raw goat milk and, uh, uh, you know, raw cow's milk there, which is fantastic. Nice little trick, right? Um, all right, so I already seasoned my meat a little bit. Um, I don't want to, I want, you can't really stress enough to uh, use non-processed salt, right? Um, your body craves, needs, and utilizes salt, but what it doesn't like is high-processed salt. So our doctors have been telling us years, for years that salt is horrible for you, it's going to cause you to have a heart attack, and you can't use it, right? Um, that's not necessarily true. Um, it's a little bit of true, a little bit of not true. Most issue is your salt, your highly processed salt doesn't have any potassium in it. Um, and so there, you get a potassium imbalance, right? You got a high sodium and no potassium in your system. Um, depending on the, the, the kind of sea salt. This is a highly processed sea salt. Yeah. It's just super white. Probably not gonna wanna use it. Uh, you wanna use a sea salt that's a little grayish, that's natural, that's not broken down so much. A Himalayan pink salt. Um, there's some French salts that are gray that I really like the flavor on. Hawaiian black salt, red salt, yellow salt. Like, I, I buy a different kind of salt all the time, just to play around and have fun. And plus they have different mineral contents. 
So the sodium you put in your body, you, you want to have it with a ton of minerals in it. Okay, and that's where it's, it's going to be. Um, again, most people who, uh, there's only like 2% of the population that gets high blood pressure from sodium. So it's not very many people. The problem is they don't have the potassium and minerals that are essential to our body to balance the sodium out. Right? Yeah, I would, I would stay away from that. Right? I would, I would use high quality, good, um, food, like mineral, high mineral salt. Okay, so the fun part is coming up, right? Because we got our bacon. Um, and I grabbed, you can get this here in the store. This is a sugar free, uh, dry rubbed, uncured pork, all natural bacon. And I looked at it, and zero sugars in the bacon, which is great. Check out your local store with the bacon you're buying and check out the, the sugars in it for fun. Because who would think, you know, that they put sugars in bacon? But they do. They put a lot of sugar in bacon. And then um, I like the all-natural, um, staying away from the nitrates. The science is kind of out on those, <laughs> you know, the nitrates and the processed food. But I figure if you just use regular salt to process your food, um, it's going to be a lot healthier than these quick, quick curing meats, you know, that, that we're so used to doing now. So um, the process on this, guys, is you just make a little loaf. I use, I measure it with my hands, and I would probably make it a little bit thicker at home, but since the cooking time, I'm going to thin it out a little bit and make it longer, right? And then the fun part is we're going to we're going to bacon wrap this. Why not? It's going strong. So there's a little technique I came up with on this. It's super simple. You want to try to keep your bacon cold. That's why I had it in the refrigerator. Uh, because it'll get like super loose and it's, it's easier to deal with when it's really cold. And so you want to just line it up and overlap it a little bit. Um, putting it right in front. Scoot the meat up all the way to the edge. Just want to line this bacon up right next to each other, overlap just a little bit all the way down the line. Right. And then you don't want to forget to do your ends. Right, so right in the middle of the bacon, I, I throw a couple pieces down because I'm going to wrap the ends too. Does anybody have any questions so far? I know you got one. Oh, I'm all for more. I do not have any questions. I have a question. So, what do you need in a typical day? What do I eat in a typical day? Uh, a lot of mornings, I fast in the mornings. Um, a lot of times, I'll just have my coffee. Uh, if I'm not fasting in the morning, um, I will eat eggs um, cooked in butter, low heat, so I don't destroy the fats. Um, and then maybe bacon, maybe a little bit of sausage. Sometimes it's just eggs. Uh, it's typically what I'll have. Sometimes if we had salmon left over uh, from the day before, I'll eat salmon in the morning as well. I like salmon, you know. 
Um, if we have leftover soup, a lot of times I'll just take that whatever that soup is and I'll poach a couple eggs in it, and then I'll have soup for breakfast. My my family, my wife is uh, Siberian, right? So they eat soup a lot, and I have a lot of very uh, you know uh, type two diabetes soups that I that I make at home. Um, so we do a lot of soup. So that's for breakfast, and then lunch. I typically like to have salads for lunch. That's when I get my um, I do uh, sometimes salmon, sometimes eggs, sometimes bacon, um, but I do a, a nice green salad. Um, my dressings are I, sometimes it's just straight olive oil. Sometimes it's a little bit of vinegar and olive oil. I do make a homemade Caesar dressing, you know, high fat, really good omega sixes with my um, uh, sardines that I get. I just blend it up. Um, so a lot of salads for lunch, typically. And then for dinner, it changes a lot. Um, sometimes ribeyes, sometimes, I don't eat a whole lot of chicken, but the kids love chicken, and they don't have, you know, glycemic issues like I do, so sometimes we'll do a little bit of chicken, um, some veggies. Uh, we like sauteed um, cauliflower, so I'll take uh, leaf lard or bacon fat or something and sauteed cauliflower in it, we throw some bacon in there too. Um, I like to dice up uh, asparagus and broccoli and salty that together. We, I'm, I'm a one cook skillet type of guy. You know what I mean? Because I got two kids, a wife working, um, so I, everything goes in one skillet. You know, I might saute a meat off. It's whether maybe it's just dike, diced pork belly. Saute that off, throw my veggies in. Saute that off, and it's done. You know, two minutes. Or we have a uh, again, we have another soup. So. Typically that. Now I'm a chef, so I'm in the restaurant a lot. Um, so I eat a, a dinner there, and this is my biggest issue um, when it comes to fighting type 2 diabetes is eating on the run. You know, because we work, uh, don't get to take a, a break that often. So my biggest downfall is what to eat on the fly, which is really bad for your digestion. If you want really great digestion, don't stand at the counter and eat. Um, don't sit in front of the TV and eat. You know, sit down at the table, take a minute to give thanks in whichever way that you like to give thanks, and then eat relaxed. You know, so your, your digestion will work properly. Uh, it's really <laughs> difficult for me to do that at work because I'm a chef, right? And we're busy, we're cooking, um, and it gets a little crazy. So that's my biggest issue. So what do I do? I take a salad and I put it in the refrigerator beforehand so I can wolf it down really quickly. Or I take bacon and I wrap avocado in it and I eat that, which fills me up really quickly. Or sometimes I just make an omelet, you know, cream cheese omelet, and just go with that. A lot of times I'll eat whatever special, whatever protein I have, uh, cooking butter, something like that. Let me wash my hands real quick. Alright, so we're going to get this in the oven, nice and bacon wrapped, very pretty, huh? Is that one package of bacon? Just two packs of bacon. Yeah, it's, it's going to feed a lot though, yeah? Alright. Yeah, you could, uh, you could go with half that if it's just the two of you, right? Or just eat leftovers. Like my family, we would eat that for breakfast, whatever's left over. 
I know my kids would love it. So, um, all right. Do we have any questions? Intermittent fasting, um, I think, is super great for you. If you have insulin resistance, it takes a while to build up to it. I wouldn't try to implement If you're a sugar burner right now and you're eating a lot of sugar and carbs and stuff, I wouldn't recommend trying to fast because you're just going to be hungry and you're going to get hangry, you know, like you're grumpy and your partner's going to really hate you, yeah? or your dog because you're mean to hit. Yeah? Um, I do recommend intermittent fasting. I do, uh, even later down the road, um, if you really want to fight, Insulin resistance, a 24-hour to a three-day fast, um, can be super beneficial for you. And people are like, oh, fasting, you know, that's crazy. How can you not eat for three days? When you become really, really fat adapted and you're eating uh, good, healthy fats, um, you're not going to be as hungry, right? So the process right now that, that a lot of us can go through, especially when we first start, is, you know, we eat bowl cereal or a bunch of fruit or sugary yogurt and toast and jam or whatever we have for breakfast, and that spikes our sugar, which spikes our insulin, right? And then that burns for really quickly because it's like putting kindling on a fire, you know, it just burns up, right? The sugar burns really quickly, and that's what it's for. We store sugar in our muscles because when a saber-toothed tiger would chase us, we could run away from it really quickly, right, and burn that up. Um, but that's not what we want to do because we don't have that kind of issues anymore. So we get hungry after two hours at 10 o'clock, we're hungry again. Yeah, so we eat another banana or we eat a donut or whatever we have, a sandwich, you know, and then that shoots our sugar up again, right? And then that sugar comes crashing down and our body freaks out and says, I'm hungry again, right? After a couple hours, then we eat lunch. And then pretty soon we've eaten six meals and it's dinner time. Um, and this is the insulin resistance, the high glycemic low, you know, up and down. And every time you eat, that insulin goes up, and the insulin goes up, and it doesn't allow that sugar to go into your cells, so your cells can burn, right? Because your cells are already stuck with sugar, and they can only burn so much. And the cell will tell you, tell that your body will be like, hey, there's no way I can take any more sugar because I'm going to become dysfunctional. So I'm not taking any more sugar, so it stops the, the insulin from bringing in any more sugar in your body. And now you got sugar floating around in your veins and your body, and this is causing all kinds of damage, right? Because that sugar can't go into the cell to get burned off, so now it's floating around. You know, it's going into your heart, and it's eating away at the, the vessels in your heart. And then your body says, oh, we need to repair that, and it sends cholesterol to it, right? And the cholesterol is a building block of cells. It repairs that area. It helps repair that area. And then the doctors think that because you have high cholesterol, that cholesterol is the enemy, right? But it's really the sugar that's um, causing the problem, and the cholesterol is like the fireman, yeah? So it's like our doctors beat up on our fireman inside of our body, which is the cholesterol. Because cholesterol builds and repairs everything. Yeah. And that's why people, a lot of people with type 2 diabetes die of heart attacks, because the sugar is eating it up. And then they're, then they're lowering their cholesterol with medicine, so the cholesterol can't do the job it wants to do to repair, right? And then and this stuff bursts and it throws all this uh, protein and all these undigested little things out into the bloodstream, and that's not good, right? So exercise, I, 
I don't say exercise is great for losing weight. Exercise is great for a healthy lifestyle. You know, health, uh, exercise makes you happier, creates endorphins in your body. Of course, it can burn off calories, which is great, but you're never going to exercise your way out of a really bad diet. You know what I mean? Because what's the 230 calories of an hour of running? Right? So can you really, you know, of course, recommend exercising 20 minutes, 30 minutes every day. If you can do yoga, I try to do stretching because my body's so from the surgeries and stuff. If I don't, if I don't stretch every morning, I'm, I'm in a lot of trouble. So I try to stretch and then try to get to the gym three days a week. And just at my apartment complex. Um, but if you can't exercise your way out of a bad diet, you exercise because it's a healthy part of lifestyle. It helps you sleep better, right? Keeps everything moving, keeps your immune system working well because everything's moving around properly, it's doing good in your body, um, creates happy drugs in your body, so you feel better when the blood and everything's moving again. So it's it's certainly a very, very important aspect of a healthy lifestyle. <clears throat> Gotta re recommend you exercise. But if you think you can exercise your way out of a bad diet, it doesn't work. It never worked for me. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Uh huh. Is there a lot of cholesterol in eggs? Absolutely. Tons of cholesterol in those eggs. And there's very, cholesterol is very good for you. And especially as a woman, the choline in those eggs are also fantastic for you. Yeah? When you get older, the older you get, the harder it is for your body to create and make cholesterol. And you need cholesterol to fight the inflammation in your body. You need the cholesterol in your body to build cells. You need the cholesterol in your body to repair your body. So cholesterol is a really, really good thing. And so as you get older, your, your cholesterol may even creep up, which is okay, it's a natural process. You have to have cholesterol in your body. The issue is not the cholesterol. The issue is, is the sugar and the carbohydrates and the processed foods that's creating all the metabolic damage. And yeah. my doctor has me taking uh, statin. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, I can't tell you to not take that because that could get me in a lot of trouble. Uh, I will never ever take a statin. Uh, I know that there's some studies out there that if you've been on a statin for over five years, it's dangerous to get off of it. Um, I think there might be something to that. Um, but also, like my brother was on statin and he just got off of it because of the um, side effects of the statins. You know, all his muscles were aching all the time, he couldn't lose weight. He was having issues. Um, but I can't tell you to get off cholesterol, uh, statin, but I can tell you that I'll never take it. Yeah. Did you have high blood pressure when you were? I've never, had high, I've never had high blood pressure. When you were 360? Yeah. Um, even when I was 360, it wasn't too bad. Really? Yeah. Um, which is weird, right? But everybody's metabolically, everybody is a bioindividual. So you, sir, may have some certain symptoms. And you may have the same exact symptoms, and they're caused by two different issues. You know, uh, everybody's absolutely different. And you can't treat uh, everybody with the same prescription. You know what I mean? Like, I could put you on a certain kind of diet and put you on the same diet. It might not work for both of you. Right? So you want to look at bioindividuality, how your body works, how your body functions, what foods are good for you, what foods aren't good for you. What nutrients, and this is the key, right? What nutrients do your body need? What does your body need? 
you know, because you may really, really need, you know, uh, vitamin Bs, and you may need iron and uh, iodine, right? But they might be causing the same symptoms. So you really have to look in what, what your body is lacking, what your body needs. And this is a long period of time, and this thing could change as your diet changes. You know, you start implementing things into your diet, and these things get fixed, but you forget about these things. And so um, these vitamins or coenzymes or minerals um, get forgot about, right? And so you always have to constantly look and check and, and investigate what, what you need, right? Because, this, again, this is a long term. If you go without vitamin D or vitamin B for a month, you're, you're probably not going to notice the, the effects. But go without vitamin D for three years or 10 years and not have enough vitamin D. Or go without iodine, weird enough, right? Weird mineral, but absolutely essential. Or iron for five, 10 years. Be chronically low on that. You know, and this is when you're really going to see um, these issues coming out. Yes, ma'am? I have a friend who had migraines and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. So she started taking vitamin D and Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you want to look at the quality. Since we're talking about it, like there's vitamin D2, which is a synthetic form of vitamin that a lot of times your doctor's going to give you a prescription for. Your body doesn't, from my understanding, your body doesn't really know what to do with it. Like, is this a synthetic? I don't know, whatever. Um, whereas if you take vitamin 3, D3, this is a natural vitamin D in your body. Like, oh, hey, thank you. Right? But you want to look at the coenzymes as well. And the ladies here also tell you a lot about the coenzymes. Like if you're just taking vitamin whatever, B12, without all the other B vitamins, you're missing out. Because nothing ever happens in a vacuum in nature. You know, these scientists have looked at the vitamins and tried to pick out the exact, what is vitamin B12, you know? And there's 13 different uh, enzymes in there and they're just trying to pick one. You know, well, they will all work together. You know, so you want all this stuff together in your diet. So you want multi, you want a lot of coenzymes in your body and stuff like that. That's kind of complicated. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, so everybody, the key is everybody is, is different, and we have to treat ourselves different. And when we're repairing our body, going through life, we want to, you know, uh, fix ourselves differently based on what we need and how we function. Sure. So since we're in a diabetic cooking class, uh -huh. a lot of people are at sweet things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do we do about sweet herbs? Like, is agave like the same thing? No, agave is just sugar. Sure. Honey is sugar. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to say investigate the, the, the all-natural stevias and stuff like that for yourself. Um, I don't take them. Well, number one, stevia for me tastes gross, right? And they say you'll get used to that flavor. But if you're, like, especially at the beginning, you know, if you're trying to fight this, these sugar substitutes um, can trigger you to want other sugars. You know, because you get that sweet flavor and maybe you want something else now, right? Um, so there's a couple key tricks that I, I think we talked a little bit about this um, before. But there's a couple little things that you can do to fight these sugar cravings. Okay, number one, 100% chocolate. Because our brain is kind of geared like chocolate sweet, right? 
Um, so I get 100% dark chocolate and I eat that for the sugar craving, even though there's no sugar in it, uh, or 88% and above, a little bit of sugar, but not much. It could trigger you to get all that chocolate flavor and the chocolate thing in your body thinks it's getting sweet. You know, if you really want to do it, good. Um, I make homemade cashew butter at home. Love it. Um, sometimes homemade almond butter, but you can find uh, all natural, just cashews with no sugar added uh, here in the store as well. But, you know, scoop your chocolate and your peanut butter together. You know, or your, your cashew butter or your almond butter together. And this is a great um, trick for fighting that sweet as well. Plus, it's getting the fat in there, and that's going to satiate. You know, or if you have a, a, a sweet craving, eat a half avocado. That's not sweet at all. No, but it's super fatty, and that fatty will fill you up, and you know, a couple minutes, 10 minutes later, you're not going to have that sugar craving. Right? So, of course, there's uh, uh, carbs in, in avocado, but it's well worth the quality of fat and the satiation that you get from that fat is well worth the carbs in there, right? So definitely uh, a good tip is to add avocado to your diet today. You know, eat a half a avocado for breakfast, half of avocado for You eat, if you're used to, like, the first meal, if you want to change something, just change breakfast. Because it's going to change your whole day. Because you're not going to be hungry at 10 o'clock. You eat breakfast, a couple eggs, a couple pieces of bacon, and a half avocado. It's going to fill you up. Surprisingly, you'll be full. Like, wow, I didn't eat that much, so I'm already full. And then you'll be full for hours. You know, you should be able to go to lunch, you know, just getting hungry with, with a nice healthy fat from the eggs, a little bit of protein from the eggs and bacon, the healthy fat from the bacon and the avocado. Super yummy, right? Do you have any questions? So let's go over the little paperwork because we got uh, a couple things to talk about in here. So never before uh, in the history of mankind have we had an emergency need to lower blood sugar. We have never, as a society, only in the last 10,000 years, um, which sounds like a long time, uh, but is not, have we been eating carbohydrates. You know, our ancestors never ate grains. They didn't have them available. They ate some tubers and potatoes and some uh, nuts and berries and things in late summer that were available, but most of the time what they ate was fat from animals. Uh, they were hunters. Um, they ate heart, liver, um, intestines, and then all the fat that they could find on that, on that, on that diet. And, it, and for us, that's super weird, right? Because we've been inundated with this low-fat, high-carb uh, paradigm for the last 40 years that was uh, based on, if you guys know the history of it, Ansel Keys. He's a main scientist that pushed this agenda. Um, it's kind of a bully, um, but also had enough you know, gumption and uh, friends to really push this paradigm into the government, into our, and of course, the big industries, the grains, the oil industry, like really wanted us to be eating that stuff, make them money. And through this process, we have this, this, low, this low fat, because fat's going to kill you, yeah? That's bad for you, saturated fat, don't eat it. Um, paradigm, and this ushered in the carbohydrates. Like the high carbohydrates in the last 40 years, we've seen diabetes rise, we've seen heart disease rise, we've seen all these metabolic issues, these chronic illnesses, like shoot up in the last 40 years because of this... Um, uh, diet, right? And if you want to read like detailed um, about how this came about, 
There's a book called Vic's Fat Surprise. That's an absolutely phenomenal read. It'll detail everything for you about how the science was manipulated, how the industry got involved, and how this paradigm changed. It's a great um, investigative journalist um, on that. Um, it's, a, it's a really good read. Uh, Americans are inundating their bodies with sugar and refined carbohydrates. And that's one of the, the biggest things that I preach uh, in my nutritional therapy is all about is whole and real foods. And this is what we want to put on our body, whole and real. So me and my daughter, we were waiting and trying to uh, get my two-year-old to, you know, not destroy this kitchen, put him in a basket, and I walked her around, and I just pointed this out. Like, are these dried mushrooms whole and real? And I made her guess. Yes, they're whole and real. Because it's a whole, it's a real food. They're dried um, to preserve them, but that's natural, and that's okay. Is this onion whole and real? Absolutely. This is what we want to eat. Is this bag of croutons whole and real? No, it's not. Right? What about meat? What is this, uh, this summer sausage? Ah, that's a tricky one, right? Processed meat. You know, you want to look. What's, what's in it? What's the first ingredient in it? What's the second ingredient in it? Uh, are there nitrates in it? How highly processed is it? Are they adding sugar? If you really want to look at this stuff and find out and read your labels, before you put anything in your cart, read the label, right? Because everything is highly processed, highly processed carbs, the bag of chips, the Doritos, um, even stuff that you think might be healthy, like the gluten-free bread, you know, the low-fat cheddar cheese crackers, you know, highly, highly processed. And this is a uh, part of the issue. Uh, we consume between 115 and 200 pounds of sugar a year. That's crazy, right? So does everybody know how to read a label? When it comes to sugar, yeah. So five grams of sugar is how much? You know, teaspoon, tablespoon. Every five grams you see on a sugar label is, is sugar is going to be a teaspoon of sugar. So when you see something, and now here's the trick: it's not for the whole package, guys. It's just for that serving. It's for that serving. So if you have right, yeah, one quarter cup or one tablespoon or two tablespoons. So you got to really look at that, like. 13, 25 grams of sugar, right, per serving, and the Snicker bars has three servings, right? So <laughs> how much sugar are you getting, right? Or look at your fruit juices. Oh, tons of sugar, right? It's worse than soda, you know, because there's no fiber in there. It's just going straight to your liver and going straight to fat, storing this fat. If you, if you compare a box of low-fat crackers uh -huh. to the mega crackers, uh -huh. there's more sugar in the yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that. What happened was because when this low-fat paradigm ushered in, they want to sell a lot of carbohydrates. Um, but when you have no fat in your food, what do your carbohydrates taste like? The box. Yeah, it tastes like cardboard. So what do you do? You add sugar to make it taste good. Like remember snack wells? Everybody remember snack wells? Those are like one of the most horrifying things for you because the oils were horrible for you. Right? Really, really bad oils in there. This is when they ushered in all these processed oils. And then super high amounts of sugar. No fat, though. All right? So 90% uh, of diabetes is associated with a high-carbohydrate high diet. And um, this is absolutely mine. This is me. Right? Um, this is what I did. Tons of carbohydrates. Craved them. Loved them. Ate them all the time. I would eat processed bologna cheese and bread uh, all the time. You know, like the, some of the worst stuff you can put in your body. Uh, 
counseling. And I ate six, seven times a day. Late at night, late night eating, oh yeah. Totally crave food right at night, you know. Even get up at two in the morning, you know. Get up two in the morning and eat something. You know, every time I woke up. Just really like food addicted, carbohydrate addicted, sugar addicted, like want more and more and more. Um, but it's, it's stoppable, yeah. You can stop it. I mean, it takes a little time. It takes some work. You know, and um, we'll talk about that really quickly because it's really about a mindset. Um, it's not about what you can't have, right? It's, I can't have this, I can't have that, I can't have this. It's a really negative way to live life. Really negative to think. Because, I mean, you tell me I can't have something that I want more, right? Um, so you have to do the emotional and mental work yourself, however that looks like, through meditation, prayer, uh, mantras, um, psychiatry, whatever you want to do to change your paradigm of the way you think about food and about your body image uh, to a healthier lifestyle. You know, it's what you want to have. You get to have this. You choose to eat this because you're playing a bigger game. You know, and these little upsets uh, won't be as dramatic if you play a bigger game. If you play a daily minute-to-minute -minute game, like at this meal, oh, I can't, I want to have, I can't, you know, uh, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. But if you're playing a big game, you know, these little upsets are easier decisions to make. Yeah? Yes, ma'am? How many Okay, so, again, this is my own individual. Um, you can, this is going to be an investigation. Um, what you can tolerate, how you want to tolerate it. Um, are you going to do a paleo diet? Are you going to do a keto diet? Um, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? You know, uh, I eat about 20 grams, 25 grams of carbohydrates a day. Uh, probably go a little bit over sometimes with my leafy greens, um, but it's hard to do, but I do uh, sometimes. But, you know, 20, that's mine, that's mine, that's for me. Some people, yeah, for me. Some people might want to do 10, some people might want to do 100. Um, Again, starting out, I would just add stuff to your diet. If you've never done it before, if you're not used to eating high fat, because your digestion is going to need to get into shape here. Because if you start eating um, super amounts of fat right off the bat, and your gallbladder hasn't really worked in 10 years, right, because you've never, you haven't eaten fat in 10 years, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, right? So, so, right, if you have one, because a lot of people haven't eaten fat so long that gallbladder quits working, and the doctor says, let's take it out, it doesn't work. Yeah, so um, you want to slowly walk into this process and get your digestion correct. Uh, and I can obviously help you with that on an uh, individual basis, not a problem. Um, so let's talk about insulin resistance. Insulin resistance refers to the state in which insulin receptor sites become unresponsive to the binding of insulin. Kind of technical, but not so much. Uh, basically, your cell has receptors, thousands of little receptors on it for insulin, right? And so insulin is what takes sugar into your cell. It's a hormone that your body has to have, uh, and it, your pancreas produces it, right? And it grabs onto the sugar molecule and takes it into the cell so your cell can balance energy. So what happens if your cell has tons of sugar in it already because we've been eating sugar and carbohydrates for 20 years and it's bloated and doesn't want anymore, it will turn those receptors off. So what happens is insulin can't get in there. Now you got the sugar bouncing around. And then your papers will go, oh, there's a lot of sugar in your body. Let's put out more insulin. 
just try to shove that in there, right? And then the, the cell goes no way and stops even more receptors, so it won't get in there. Yeah? And this stops us, insulin stops us from losing weight. Insulin, you know, um, and then you got all these sugars going around in your body and it's, it's creating uh, other issues. That's why people go blind, because these sugars will grab onto protein and then become sticky. And they'll stick to cells, right? And they'll cover your cells and then uh, pretty soon you can't use those cells and people go blind or have really bad eyesight. Or they stick to your cells in your feet and your arteries and the blood can't get in your feet and you lose a foot. Yeah, or the same thing in your heart. You know, these proteins and sugars are sticking together and it sticks to everything and causes a lot of metabolic issues. Yeah? So how to fight that is we got to bring the insulin down. And then how do you bring the insulin down is we bring the sugars down. So your body won't kick it out. And this can take a while. This can take, it's not an overnight process. You know, it's, it's a diligent, um, slow process to bring it down over months. Okay, my experience with insulin resistance. Um, ask yourself, what are your um, fatigue? You know, chronic fatigue from going up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, with these sugar blasts that we get. Uh, I couldn't lose any weight. Uh, my joints were horrible. Still not that super great just because of the damage that I've personally done to my joints. Um, uh, depression, right? I've dealt with that. Major depression. Yeah. Not only because of my weight and my size and my uh, lack of exercise, but also, you know, the mentality I had because I couldn't lose it. And I was told a lot of times just eat less and exercise more, right? It makes absolutely no sense. You know, and that'll be... It just depressed me because I'm working out in the gym, you know, eating this much food and salads and, um, you know, no fat. And, and you just get more and more depressed because you're working harder and harder um, to do it and you're not seeing any results. Right? Uh, thyroid issues. Right? Slow healing. Your body doesn't bounce back. doesn't heal like you used to. Um, you get the flu and you're down for three weeks instead of, you know, three days. Uh, brain fog, like, can't figure out that word or that name or you're not as sharp as you used to or just, like, wake up like, oh, not so great in the morning. Like, you don't have to go through that. Like, these are all food-related issues. You can bounce up in the morning, be super sharp, super happy. Anybody morning people? I'm a super morning person. People hate the mornings, right? Change your diet. See how, how awesome you feel because you get a great night's sleep and then you wake up in the morning. Now, I get it. It's, there's, like, there's some genetic issues with, with sleeping. Like Some people genetically are meant to be like late wakers and they stay up all night long. And that's from cavemen people, right? Because we all have night shifts and day shifts and different shifts. There's some books out there you can read on this of your natural sleeping time. But um, if you're, like, you're completely able to get up in the morning and jump up and be super happy, I think it goes a lot better. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> I, uh, um, I have no problem getting up in the morning. It helps to have a two-year-old to get you up, but, uh, you know, like... I was fine when the kids were little. Yeah. Yes, ma'am? Mm-hmm. Um, did your 
Okay, sugar cravings come come and go, no matter what. Um, sometimes I, I don't have them for a couple months. Sometimes I'm craving sugar all the time. I don't know why. It's a complete mystery to me. You know, uh, or like you want that fast food for some reason. You know, drive by Taco Bell and it's disgusting, yeah? But it's like, oh man, I like that. And then that's where your mental, like, playing a bigger game here. That's ridiculous. Like, what, how, you know, what's going to happen to me if I eat that? I have disaster pants probably. You know, I'm going to feel like crap. You know, really? Uh, I'm going to be so low in energy, my sugar's going to spike, and then I'm going to be, I'm going to have to take a nap. You know, and I just walk myself through that. But sugar cravings for myself, some people don't have any after a while. Some people always have it. I have sugar cravings. I do. That's where the avocado, chocolate, peanut butter comes in. You know, I, I don't know why. Um, and then changing the diet, what was your other question? You had something else to add? so many foods that I, you know what I mean, um, I don't know, like, I like beets now, I guess I eat the crap out of beets, <laughs> you know, but I think I, li I lived in Russia for a year and a half, I lived in Siberia for a year and a half, so it's pretty hard not to eat beets, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, when you start eating whole, natural, real food, like, you're going to start liking this stuff, you know, your taste buds will change, because your body wants it. It's nutritious, your body's craving this food um, because you've been eating processed carbs, you've been eating bags of chips, you've been eating whatever you have for so long. And this food, well, high caloric, high carbs, has absolutely zero to little to no nutrients in it. So we have tons of calories and no nutrients. And when you start feeding your body food with nutrients in it, especially if you're eating organic or grass-fed or that's packed with nutrients, your body's going to want it. And you're gonna crave it, and that's probably why you were craving because your body was like, ah, food, like wow, real food. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say that's absolutely normal effect. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last time. Hangry. You guys know what hangry is? Like you're hungry and angry at the same time, and the sugar up and down, and then you're just mean and brain. And I, she's looking at you, brother. She's looking at you. <laughs> Craving, craving sweets and carbs, stress eating. I'm a stress eater. I'm a stress eater. Now I try to eat avocado instead, huh? Uh-huh. Well, sweet things are delicious, right? So, like, sugar in our brain... Well, if you're, if you're, it doesn't, it falls, it crashes, but yeah, it's more about the, the, the receptors in our brain that get triggered via the sugar, and so it gives us a high, not only energy, but it gives us an emotional high, um, because of these receptors, some cheese can do that too, or dairy, can, can give you this high as well, there's receptors in your brain scientifically proven, you know, give you a high, and then they want more. Right, because you want to get that high again, that emotional, mental. It could be just a little bit, but the kids understand it too, and they crave it. Absolutely. That's why these food manufacturers, guys, 
are so genius and they get you hooked on their food, like Doritos. So Doritos, uh, like every 25 or 50 chips or so, they have a super spicy one or super cheesy or super tangy one. So they got all the regular ones in there and then they got these special chips in there. And so when you eat that special chip, you get triggered like super high and it makes you want more. Right? So they're genius. That's by design, absolutely. Food science. Yeah, because you one. Nope, nope. They do it on purpose to trigger you more. They they do it on purpose, absolutely. Yeah. Genius, right? But it's it's horrible for you. Because consider that they want to sell their product, right? So they're going to do anything they can. So guys, McDonald's the same thing. McDonald's and fast food, like this food science, because it's not really food they're feeding, right? It's just like this processed yeah, stuff. But it has the, yeah, it has the right amount of sugar, the right amount of fat, and the right amount of carbohydrates to trigger your brain to get this like super high, and so you crave more, and you want more, and you go back for more. It's it's food science, it's genius, but it's horrible for us, right? So that's why we want to stay away from it, because there's no nutrition. Okay, poor sleep is number one. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, very, very important, the poor sleep. Um, because you can't heal. You're not going to be able to lose weight. You're not going to be able to control your cravings if you don't get the proper sleep. It's, it's absolutely one of the most overlooked, underrated things in the world uh, for your uh, optimal health is to get the right amount of sleep. You know, whatever that is. You know, um, a couple little life hacks, a couple little tips. Um, computer screens, TV screens, horrible for you at night. Your last hour or two before you go to bed, try to read a book. Try to get the TV off. The late night, 11 o'clock news, it's the same stuff that was on at 7 o'clock, guys. Turn it off. <laughs> right? You're, the lighting in your house, candlelight, low light. It's, this blue light really distracts us. Yeah. It's a good screen though, right? It doesn't got that that blue light. Yeah. It's very very. It's also light. A lot better for you. Adjustable. Yeah. Uh, nice doses of magnesium. Magnesium relaxes your body. Relaxes can make sure your cells contract. Makes you relaxes you. Know, nice magnesium. magnesium. Supplement before you go to bed is, is yeah, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I think um, melatonin is more of a uh, maybe not good for long term use because your body has it naturally. You're supplementing. I'm not. I'm not sure that it's, it's best for long term use. Um, if you really want to, you know, get some sleep one night a month by using that, I think it's okay. It's a short term. Thing, but not, I don't think it's best for uh, long term use. Um, exercise is really good early in the day to make you tired. Um, yeah, magnesium is great for relaxing your body. I'm sorry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, calcium and magnesium go together, right? Uh, I'm I tell you what I take. I take a thousand milligrams. I take a bunch, but I'm super active and I, I burn a lot. And I have a, a some digestion issues that I don't uptake a lot of stuff. So um, 
if you get the, the magnesium column and go with that at first, I think that's a good good starter um, for you, whatever the directions are on that, one or two speech, I think that'd be a good start. Um, I can I can look at uh, some other supplements uh, for you privately if you want to talk about it, but I can do a little bit more research and find something for you. But that's a good start. Yeah, absolutely. And for, you know, magnesium is an essential nutrient that your body has to have. So it's not, you know, there's no um, downfall to taking some of that for sure. Uh, valerian root, I don't know. I've never taken it. Um, again, I'm not sure how great it is for long term. Yeah, I can't get it. Uh huh. A little bit of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about meditation? Yeah, meditation is one of the best things you can do for yourself in every aspect of life, even if it's 10 minutes to start out. Um, there's not one area of your life that can't be affected by uh, a, a real meditation. Um, separate, especially if you have food cravings and hunger issues, to be able to separate from your thinking just enough, give yourself a little space to become present, to not step off the ledge with food. A little separation from thoughts, fantastic. Plus, it's awesome for your blood pressure. Uh, it's great for lowering cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone that affects every aspect of your body, including your weight loss. Can't lose weight with high amounts of cortisol. Our lives are super stressful today. We got the grandkids running around. We got the kids. We got jobs. You know, we got to pay the bills. Um, you know, we don't sit down and relax and eat. You know, we're in front of a you know, news that's telling us our lives suck and, you know, we're going to have a nuclear war every five minutes. You know, so we're inundating ourselves with super high stress all the time. Uh, and to separate from that, lower our cortisol through meditation, um, absolutely essential to optimal health. Can't stress enough. Um, so that's, you know, a great thing for sleep. Plus, it's so damn boring that you just put your right to sleep, right? <laughs> Let me check this needle real quick. Ooh. Oh boy, that's good. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, the chefs have their thermometer in there. more questions, let it sit, because if we cut it open right now, it's just going to, all the juice is going to come right out, and we don't want that, right? Don't throw away your fat, it's good cooking fat. I'm just going to let it sit there for a few minutes. Oh! Yeah, go in your refrigerator until you're ready to use it and let it sit out. Or, or set it out, right? Or let it sit out, yeah. yeah. My dad used to never do that. He just had a uh, old can. soldier's can and yeah. threw it all in there yeah. and just scooped it out. I had a filter on the top. My mom had it in Greece, you know, back in the 50s. Yeah. That's exactly what she poured it in. That's what my dad did. Yeah, we say we never got rid of bacon fat ever. Yeah. 
Uh, but I'm just going to let it sit there and then we'll pull it out in a minute. Uh, what else we got here? What to do? Stop insulin surges through dietary changes. Avoid eating sugar, carbohydrates, and processed food. So uh, add healthy fats. So that's the first thing I would do. So if like, you've never done anything for yourself on this, is add your healthy fats first. Right? Start adding healthy fats. Because it's really difficult to start taking stuff away that you know you crave or whatever. Right? So add your leafy green vegetables every day and add some healthy fats. Add what is healthy fats? Avocado. Avocado, avocado oil, olive oil. Uh, make sure your olive oil is cold pressed. You don't want any highly processed, hot pressed, or olive oil mixed with canola oil, or any of that kind of Mediterranean blend garbage. Um, get a reputable, high quality olive oil. And remember not to cook it too And don't cook your olive oil at all, honestly. Use your olive oil to finish your food. Drizzle it on your salad, drizzle it on your salmon, whatever. Cook with butter, cook with lard, cook with tallow. These are your animal fats. Cook with coconut oil. I use coconut oil in this. So what I do is typically when I'm cooking uh, meats, I use coconut oil. Uh, when I cook vegetables, I use animal fats. So tallow or lard or whatever I have that week, whatever's on sale that month or whatever, I buy it. Um, I buy whichever one. Yeah. And I just switch it up all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, I think one's from fat or pig and one's from Uh, our metabolisms were designed to be energized by fats. Fat burning is using fat for energy, and this is the normal preferred metabolic state of the body. So we haven't talked too much about that because that's really stepping off the deep end a little bit. Um, ketogenic diet, um, burning ketones instead of sugar for your diet. Basically, you're going to burn fatty acids and what they call ketones. And ketones is from your liver. Your liver produces ketones um, in the absence of sugar, and your brain prefers ketones. Right? This is how you get rid of the brain fog. You're, you're kicking out ketones, and it's it's very very healthy for you. Um, your brain loves this energy. Um, you have a lot more energy, and then pretty soon your your muscles will burn it at first, and then your muscles will say, "Hey, I just want the essential fatty acids," and your muscles, instead of burning sugar, will burn essential fatty acids. Your brain will burn ketones, and then you don't have any sugar in your body. Or if you like run a mile or 50 feet, your, your body will burn off the sugar that it has in the body. Okay. Yeah, it's a slow process. You got to get into it. It takes a little time, um, and that's not really what we're doing here today. But um, ketones is uh, a substance that your body, your liver produces that you can burn for energy instead of burning, for sh instead of burning sugar for energy, okay? And this is, it, it takes a little bit to get into it. You gotta have a good digestion, a nice, uh, nice diet, but you can ease yourself into it and you'll have super energy, uh, no more naps, no more brain fog. Um, it, it'll help you lower your insulin resistance and you can like, move right into it, yeah? But we, we, that's an individual basis on how to get into it. Ketogenics. Um, so diet is key. Diet is key for fighting insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. However, the body needs supplementation to help support the recovery process. You can reserve metabolic, reverse metabolic syndrome 
no need to give yourself permission. So that's more about the mental aspect of it. You know, you gotta really, you gotta want to do it. Um, you want to live a healthier lifestyle. You want to live a long time. For what reason? You know, and that's and that's an individual. You know, you want to decide that for yourself. Yeah. Is there any last questions? I have um, my Facebook on here, uh, my podcast on here. Give a listen. Um, I go to iTunes and just search Mountain Man Nutrition. Um, I'm on a couple other things too. Instagram. Um, I have a website that's listed on here. Uh, my phone number's on there. Uh, and then there's a couple of the other recipes that I did. And I'm going to just keep adding this back here. Um, so as a nutritional therapist, um, I do have uh, different services you can see on the website um, to help you with type 2 diabetes or uh, digestion issues, um, working with some women on hormone issues, um, just optimal health, optimal health. Um, you know, uh, doing a functional evaluation is, uh, I think, imperative, is to finding out what nutrients your body needs and wants, and we do that through palpitation, um, palpitating the different organs and different points in your body, um, and seeing where the inflammation is, and, and, uh, and then giving you the nutrients and seeing how your body reacts to that. That's a super interesting uh, process. And uh, find out what you're deficient in and what your body craves, wants, and needs, um, and then we can uh, do some more recommendations on that. Yeah. Uh, any last questions before I cut in this meat? Yes, ma'am? As a question, where do people go that get really sick of meat and can only take so much chicken and fish? Uh-huh. Where is our place? Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's a slow process to ease yourself into it. Yeah, because I, I eat a lot of fish because I love it. I eat very little chicken because it's not that good for you. Um, because it could spike, spike your insulin, right, without spiking sugar. So if you're insulin resistant, you're eating much of chicken or selfish, um, you're not helping yourself, right? So meat, you know, uh, again, you don't want it in this diet, guys, this is not a high, high meat diet. It's not a high protein diet. It's not a high-protein lifestyle. I eat four, three, four ounces of protein only for a meal. Okay, it's a higher-fat diet. So the, the meats you're selecting are going to be higher in fat, um, but the fats that you add, like the coconut oil, the avocado, these things is, is what's going to bolster your, your uh, fat intake. So you're not going to eat a 12-ounce ribeye. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. I would, I would slowly move you, um, find out exactly what meats or proteins that you, you do like a little bit, and then kind of design something around that and slow you, slowly eat, add something to it. Yeah. Um, again, uh, lots of leafy green vegetables if you love those. Non-glycemic vegetables are fantastic. Um, good healthy fats and a, 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 you know, a little bit of your carbs is what you're going to be. Yeah. Liver is good for you? I'm sorry? Uh, liver is amazing. If, if, uh, if you could grind some liver and throw it in this meatloaf, you're doing yourself some best justice. If you make some meatballs and grind up liver and put it in your meatballs along with your meat, yeah. Liver is one of the most nutrient-dense things you can eat. Every ancient culture in the world ate tons of liver, all the liver, right? So if you love, you like liver, yeah. Just don't throw your flour on it. Don't bread it and flour and fry it. 
Don't do that, yeah? Yeah, I grew up on Awesome. Did she have a mother going, like a, a, a sourdough batch always there, and she just pulled some of out of it and made it? It's fermented? Great. Yeah. She also ran outside and played and worked outdoors and all that stuff. Yeah, and had healthy fats, I'm sure, on the farm. Probably ate eggs every morning for breakfast, right? Thanks. Yeah. Absolutely. So, did you quit that forum cold turkey? I never got on. They tried to put me on it, I was like, not a chance. My doctor said, no, please don't take it away. Okay, I have plates here somewhere. I guess I could probably do that. Yeah, that's uh, definitely um, a good foundation. High healthy fats, moderate protein. Because what happens if you eat a lot of protein? Your body turns it into sugar. Right? Yeah, part of this not done yet. Yeah, if you eat high protein, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I only eat three to four. Because if you eat high protein, your body's just going to turn that into sugar. I'm not the best server, I'm more of a chef. It's a little pink, but it's pork, so good. Snap raw. So there's more bacon on the end pieces, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I buy it. Oh yeah. Okay. 
Now again, guys, I I'm, I just do different recipes all the time. Yeah. I very seldom make the same. I very seldom make the same thing over and over again, based on what I have in the house, what I bought, what uh, you know, I have, what's in the store, what's on sale, that type of stuff. I I got kids, so we we're thrifty shoppers. How many more we need? 20, 30? I got paprika, chipotle, and cayenne in here. Uh-huh. Again, you, um, you get the uncured one. Oh. Not so much. How do you like it? Pretty tasty, huh? Nice kick, nice flavor. Yeah. Right? Well, you're going to hold a little bit. You want, uh, would you like some uh, celery and parsley? <laughs> She's a vegetarian, guys. So, ways to, um, the process is, um, if you would want a, some nutritional therapy um, um, services, I would probably have you fill out a three, four day food journal. Um, also, a, uh, like a history of, uh, uh, called initial interview, some little paperwork to fill out. Um, and then there's also a, a nutritional questionnaire um, that I would eventually have you fill out too. Um, there's um, typically I have a service where there's four you have four um, consultations and that one of those includes the uh, uh, functional evaluation uh, we look at your diet nutrients and coach you through 
the first two months of the uh, your your dietary changes to make sure you change um, and add the nutrients, the diet that you need, and to make sure you're going on your way. Um, and that there are the four services for two hundred dollars. Uh, and then there's also other services that I can provide, um, like going to the grocery store with you, and um, showing you how to shop, what to shop, what to stay away from. Um, I've gone to people's houses um, as a service and clean out um, all the food in their house, and show them what to have, what not to have, what to keep, um, what to add, take them shopping after that to, to refill the pantry and um, things like that. Um, and there's also, of course, just the nutrient. Um, the, uh, if you just want the, to find out what you're deficient in, the uh, functional evaluation also. So uh, many services like a diet plan of what meals to eat and here's your recipes and that type of stuff also is available. So next month I'll sure I'll have another one just keep an eye out. Um, in the next few days I'll go in and, and schedule another one. I'm super happy for the uh, turnout a lot bigger than the last time and um, let your friends and family know and bring them along. Um, we'll do different recipes every time. Uh, talk about some of the same stuff every time because there's always be new people here but also add um, and we can get into more detailed stuff um, or, of course, answer any of the other questions you have as we go. Was there a question? Yeah, there's I got a little more meatloaf up here if anybody wants seconds. <laughs> somebody in nutritional therapy that, therapist that focuses on type 2 diabetes dominant, I don't know. Yeah, and that's the hard part. I mean, it's a small enough area that it's, I mean, you might find it in Durango, uh -huh. possibly, but not in Cortez. Oh, okay. So, right. 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 
let's see, Durango's six, and I'm like Statue of Cortez. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thank you. The best thing would have to be um, phone call, Skype, something no, like that. No, no. Okay. You might have to walk them through it. The best thing I can do is provide the information. It's just that they're to the point where things are so bad that they've got to do something. So maybe it's time that they'll think about things in this way as opposed to doing it the traditional route. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, if we did down there, I think we'd be able to support a better way to be able to manage things and help with the nutrition aspect. But since we don't, it's, it's just hard to watch, and she's not going to want to go. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can introduce her. Well, if she doesn't do technology, but maybe there's podcasts out there. I'll sign the podcast. Um, there's other podcasts out there that might help her. She wants to listen. Technology, but. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like there's there's aspects of it that they'll do others. I mean, I think that's pretty foreign to them from my understanding. So that might be a pretty big stretch. But. Okay. We'll see what you can do. We'll talk later. You have my number? Yeah, I've got all of But okay, thank you. Uh-huh. I called them and said I can't wait to have it. Yeah. So I lost K-12? K-10? K-10? 